Welcome back to Brevity Box. It is me, Triple C, and over there, as usual, doing awkward things in the corner is my good friend, Brando. Brando, wash your hands. You don't know me. <laughs> I only pretend to know you. Hmm. Only pretend to know you. Yeah, welcome back for another episode, guys. It's been a little bit of time. Had some real life shit going on. I'm sure I'm going to cover that uh, right off the bat. Today, we will be having a very special guest. Another host has a show also on the network and somebody I've known for a while. And we're the kind of friends that are in fantasy football leagues together and ultra competitive to the point where I think it's just me and this guy that have gone back to back champions. I think we're the only two and we're, we'll have to get him to talk about that, but we're going to have Lash LaRue on the show, host of the new show, new podcast, LaRuminating Gaming. And we're going to cover his motivations and his inspirations and everything he loves about games. We're going to cover it all, including kind of what brought him to this point. Um, in fact, let's just get him in here right now. We can go over all the talky talky show stuff together and then we'll get to him. Lash, thanks for coming on the show, man. Welcome, buddy. Yeah, appreciate it, fellas. I'm uh I'm really excited. I'm on uh Brevity Box. I'm I'm very excited. Is this how you guys feel all the time? Oh uh, yeah, a little bit. You know, we we uh we suck at brevity and we like to invite everybody so that we can remind them of how bad we are at it. I'm actually feeling yeah. pretty fly right now because I got a very you know, wearing a clean tracksuit looking pretty good. <laughs> I'm a little upset we're not using the uh the video feature for this episode, but you know, we can't have everything. Uh I'm gonna be straight up with you. It's part of my damaged pride because I, sir, am dealing with a bit of an eye funk. It's uh it's Fuck not eye problems. I, I am doing a fierce impression of Forrest Whitaker right now. Do you do you have a eye patch? Do you have an eye patch? I- I'm telling you, man, I was Googling him to come onto the show on Sunday. I want to come on there and look at I I couldn't decide whether I wanted like the proper uh snake eye patch or whether I wanted to get like the gauze one that looked like I was a gunshot victim. You get you totally gotta go snake. And I, I was even gonna ask, yep. are, are you really having an eye infection or is it just that you took the uh Metal Gear podcast a little too seriously there and <laughs> I, I've slowly started to become snake. Is it possible <laughs> the dogs are farting into your pillow? Listen, sadly, pro- that is possible. I think my dogs take over my bed. It, it could have happened. I, I, and yeah, I am really dealing with it, and I don't really know uh, where it came from. The only thing I can tell you is I do have a tendency to rub my very red, smoky eyes sometimes with my hands. This is why we and, wash uh, our hands, ladies and gentlemen. This is why we wash our hands. So yeah, it's 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 a little funky. You know, it's not really that bad. It's actually already started to get better, but uh for sure had me a little freaked out and grossed out. And Brando, I can't talk any nonsense to Brando. It's small potatoes considered compared to the, yeah, it's the total traumatic stories. The horror movie stories that this guy's had to deal with with his eye for sure. Man, I saw that picture and I just about threw my phone. <laughs> I just I, I looked down and I went, huh? and it just like it almost. I checked I, it across the room. I have a funny yeah, story for, about that that picture. Hang up for those of you listening. This is a uh, you know in our inner workings in Discord, we often just share BS and whatnot. And somebody I don't know who it was was complaining about something painful at the doctor, 
and Brando sent a picture of the worst looking eyeball I've ever seen. And it happens to be his. And it was just, it looked like it had been dipped in red ink. It was was, really scary. It was like, it was was right out of Resident from Dead Space. (laughs) I I do have a good uh, story about that picture. I was out of work on FMLA for a month because of that. And every time somebody would come by my, you know, where I sat to ask, you know, where's Brandon or how's he doing? My supervisor wouldn't really say anything. He would just show them the picture. <laughs> I miss working for that guy. Well, that, that picture is worth uh, a lot of words. A lot. For of those words. listeners out there that are curious, it's a picture of my left eye three days after having 80% of my retina reattached and a scleral buckle sewed into place. It looks like a bloated, bloody horror show. It does. It's not good. And it's that was the first good. day I didn't need any painkillers, weirdly enough. I felt fine. how how old were you at that time? It's like five years ago. I was 32. Jesus. How you doing now? How's it feeling now? I'm fine. I mean, right now, every now and then, if I lift something heavy or exert myself too much, uh my cataract implant rubs on my iris, causing one of my eyes to fill with blood, causing a visual Holy disturbance. Shit. Otherwise, it's good. Yeah. <laughs> It just makes me think of Stewie when he tries to fart and he busts a blood vessel in his eye. See, I was just, it's, it's kind of like that. And you don't see red or anything. You just see very cloudy vision. But a couple <laughs> days, within a couple days, it goes away. Worst case scenario, me, I have yeah. to get my cataract operation redone, which compared to what I've been through is nothing. No, well, I, I, hope, I hope you're doing better, man. And it actually reminded me of uh, me, myself, and Irene. When he's when he's at the drinking fountain, he's drinking. Oh, he's like, yeah. I gotta I gotta take this pill or I feel funny. And she's like, Oh yeah, what's it called? He's like, you know, involuntary rage and narcissistic rage or something like that. You know what I mean? <laughs> and he's like, No big deal. <laughs> I love that movie, man. It's fantastic. That movie cracks me up. Yeah. No, Lash. You know, have you been? I mean, do you? So, you know, we started the show and every time Brando and I talk on the phone, we're always going through kind of current events and things that are happening in politics. So, you know, it it's been a routine. And that's how we start our shows. And before we get into talking about your amazing stories, but we want to like, do you keep in on top of things? Are you a news guy? Are you a current events guy? I know that you are. Uh, we're going to be talking about Bethesda. And Xbox, so I don't want to go into that too much, but surely I know you cover some things, right? Like, what are you aware of? Sure. So, I mean, I guess for a long time I avoided politics. I I don't, uh, I didn't dabble in it too much. I felt like, um, you know, just frankly speaking, whether you're talking about stuff from the left or the right or the middle, it was all just kind of, I know, agendas. I always just kind of felt agendas. And, um, but over the last four and a half years, uh, it, it, I was forced into it. You know what I mean? Um, I think when I you find yourself, you were, yeah. yeah, of course. I think when you find yourself in a situation where you're just like, what the fuck is going on? You know, it, like I gotta, I gotta figure this out. Like, what, why is this going here? Why is, why are these people doing that? And how come he's not doing anything? And so I just started looking in, um, started watching some stuff. And I mean, I would, I definitely, I've listened to some of your guys' stuff and I could, I'm sure I could barely keep up with, with what you guys listen to, but, uh, I don't know. I've I felt like I've you know familiarized myself pretty well over the last uh, three or four years. So, you know, 
let me see if you share uh like an opinion i have about this because you know i have definitely been impacted by living in southern louisiana during the last three years right Mm -hmm. and and i don't want to make i mean surprised pleasantly by a lot of it but i mean no doubt i live in uh, i refer to as trumplandia Mm -hmm. you know there's a lot of people here that i mean a majority of them and look i I, i've gotten a different perspective not that i agree right just Mm -hmm. more as an understanding as to why and I think it's easier for me to see and digest when I'm writing. But Arizona is not too different. But Tucson's so blue, you know, it's it's a little hard to see Arizona. Um, but I've come to this conclusion where, uh, and this may be the low hanging fruit and obvious, but I want to see because you know you said you didn't really pay attention and now you've uh, you you know you versed yourself in different things. I got to this point where I really think the demand is too high for the average person right and like for instance you to me you have a lot of you know beautiful responsibilities right you've got a family you've got a wife you've got children you've got your job so there's a lot of time carved out and then you have sort of a limited amount of time for you to be able to go and and dip your toe and see how see if you can do your best to make sense of it and you're a smart fucking guy right so my thoughts are somebody in your position, smart guy, Gen X, you know how shit works. You can Google shit. You're not 80 years old. You're not <laughs> depending on written press. It's too much of an ask to think that it, it's just too difficult for people to get a straight story. And in order to do it, I, I have no kids just to kind of complete that difference. I don't have any kids. I do have a wife. But I have time, right? I can read. I can, I can read things I don't agree with and then go and read another thing that maybe I agree with a little differently or a little less or a little more than, but still kind of in the same direction as something else. There's enough time for me to compare and contrast. There's enough time for me to develop an opinion about, oh, he's pretty good or that person twists some words. Like I've read enough of it, right? I have that available time. And mm-hmm. without it, and even for that, it's difficult. So when I look at my neighbors and my parents, and I think it's true for left and right, if you don't have that time or worse, maybe that comprehension ability, like it just doesn't fit in your vernacular. I just think it's, it's too, it's just built to keep you from really being able to know what the fuck is really going on. Would you agree with that? I, I would, I would completely agree with it. And I think that, um, the message that the message is being muddled or not knowing if it's muddled or the, the credibility of, of these statements and where they're coming from. I think it's uh it's a loaded thing. It's a really, really loaded thing. And, you know, I would say, um, you know, sure. I, I'm a busy guy, but um, I, you know, <laughs> I'm a gamer. I live in game land. And even, even when I'm listening to, people that I follow as it pertains to video games, you have, you identify people who have certain bias and, and things like that. And I'm able to identify it on that level. Okay. This person, you know, they've got a bias towards PlayStation or this one, you know, Xbox or whatever it is. And, and you can take that, that information and you can disseminate it and say, okay, wait a minute, this, you know, I, this is how credible that is. Right. 
And I think when, as, as it relates to politics, when I started watching that stuff, I found myself, it was kind of an easy transition um, because I like to listen to both sides of it. And I feel like the right. message gets so fucked up because people stay in the lane that they like and what they want to hear. Oh, and yeah, confirmation bias for sure. plays Right. Right. And, and, you know, when I started listening to politics and started to get really point of views, right. And, and learning a lot of the, the political jargon and things like that. I, uh, you know, I'm listening to Jordan Peterson, I'm listening to Ben Shapiro, and then I'm listening to Bill Maher and I'm listening to, um, uh, Oh God, uh, John Stewart. I'm, and I'm listening to, you know, people, these liberal people I'm li listening to, you know, uh, more conservative people. And the, the truth is, is I hear things that make sense to me on both sides. Uh, but I'm able yeah. to dissect what I think is bullshit on both sides. And I think it's really easy to just kind of, I don't know, I don't want to say be sheep, but it's easy to just kind of listen to CNN and just kind of regurgitate, regurgitate, regurgitate that the next time you're having a conversation with somebody. Um, as opposed to taking all the information and informing your own thoughts. So, you know, maybe that's the long answer, but I, I absolutely no, agree one. with the fact that, that the message <laughs> is, I don't know, you know, well, it's, it's hard to learn. It's, I think it's hard to get people like for me, I, I look at my parents and my parents are very conservative, right? They're very right, right lean, but they're old school, like Reagan, right. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. And, and it's, uh, and for them, they have trouble understanding a lot of things. They don't know what to believe. They're, they're totally pulled in by Facebook. You know, anything comes out on Facebook, they think it's like the news, right? And if it weren't for being able to just have discussions with them and not even about changing opinions, like they would be very, they are very defensive about you're not going to change my mind. And I, and I don't try to change their mind. What I do though is I'll take these things that they hear or, or even, a show that we're watching and point out how they're, you know, little areas where they're being manipulated. And I uh, recently, um, you know, they lived in Texas for most of their lives before moving to near me here in Southern Louisiana. And so they are very familiar with how Texas works. And so through the whole freeze and everything that happened with the power grid failing, uh, they watch a lot of Fox news and, and I was over at their house and they were watching Tucker Carlson, somebody I, I don't like, but mm -hmm. I, I have often sort of used as a source to kind of say, so this is what can most I, people are thinking for a moment and share something. Yeah. Jump in. Carlson. Yeah. I, something about his face bothers me and I recently figured it out. <laughs> <laughs> Tucker Carlson looks like he just shit his pants and he's equally happy yet confused about it. Like he doesn't know what to do. Yeah, <laughs> he doesn't want to let on that he's happy about it. It's <laughs> home, home run, Brando. Home run. He has resting. I shit my pants face. <laughs> yeah, I agree with you completely. And 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 as somebody who has resting, I shit my pants face would do. Uh, right during that that show, he said. I think the statement almost exactly was the that Texas had the Texas power grid had grown dependent on windmills. Right. And then, <laughs> I heard I heard about this. They're still and spinning, then, motherfucker. And, right. And, well, and look, and he goes on and, and says it. This was a moment that it was so quick 
and and so subtle and so unemphasized that one little turn of a few words that the point is is that statement is just accepted as true to somebody who doesn't know or doesn't somebody isn't going to look into that it. research spaces in, in in Antarctica typically run off windmills. Well, yeah. and, and the, but here's the point: the statement is completely. It's so foolish that it doesn't matter that uh, the windmills failed or not. The the statement that it had grown. I mean, Texas being the oil and gas state that it is, you really would have to not. It, it's. I'm just telling you, a lot of people in Mississippi were like, "I believe that," and it helped him for the rest of his narrative about the Green New Deal, which doesn't exist yet, being a bad thing. And so it, it wasn't so much that I was going to convince them that to like the Green New Deal. It was just, this is how they subtly inch you to believing little factoids that weren't true. It worked out to my benefit because of their experience in Texas. You know what I mean? Them living right. there for so long, they understood that that was horseshit. By the right. way, my favorite word that I would have never used growing up that having lived in Louisiana during the Trump era, my favorite word is horseshit. <laughs> I think I, it's I, so descriptive. I and love it. It so is, much. and it's and it's completely underrated. I agree. <laughs> it's one of my favorite things because it is a it is a truism, right? Like I could say it in church, right? I was you watching would expect that, that, right? I was watching that old Stallone movie, Cobra, and he, he's movie. got Cobra. He's got the toothpick in his mouth, and he called somebody a dirtbag. And I was like, I just connected. I was like, yeah, fucking a bag of dirt. <laughs> I, dirt I love it. <laughs> right. oh, horse man, shit. I feel like horse car. shit's in the same file. That what was that? An anteater? That was it? A, a Plymouth? <laughs> I think it was. <laughs> yeah. Man, that car. That car was <laughs> sexy. If it you was. guys can Google that, oh. we should. Yeah, that's a the movie where Stallone drove this totally pimped out. Uh, uh, I think it was a Plymouth anteater, and I think it's the car ZZ Top had later on. Like they they moved on from the uh that the classic one, and they they had this black low riding Plymouth that weighs like seventy tons. It's like the size of a battleship. <laughs> I think yeah. it was just so ridiculous. He was driving it down the highway like it was a race car. It was hilarious with the with the mirrored aviators, legit. But. <laughs> But Legit. I mean, to, to get to get and not to derail us, I apologize. I, you know, no, I just, no, man, it's great. Still it's great. But but I mean, back to your point, you know, you you had made the comment that, uh, you know, they just kind of slip in these comments and and people latch onto it. And I think, you know, that's as far as what I can tell. Right. Um, is that. People, like I said, some of these people will believe anything and they don't have the tools or won't teach themselves th themselves the tools to take that information and give it your own thought where do you land you know and um because the issue now is is everything's left and right everything's left and right and you wow, know it's, it's not I've been talking to my dad lately oh, i mean it's, <laughs> well, but it is and i mean and this is and this is coming from somebody who just got into it like i'm right. i, I what, what is it? What does he, uh, Walter say in, uh, the big Lebowski? It's like, you're like a child that wanders into the middle of a movie and wants to know, you know, you walk in and you're like, what the fuck is going on in here? You know what I mean? You don't want to talk to them and you don't want to talk to them. And, 
I mean, I read, a, I read a, some numbers today that 76% of people want COVID relief, but then like nobody on the right side is voting for it. I mean, I, I, I think the left's trying to throw a bunch of shit in, but it's like, but they just don't want to work together. It's not about, it's not about working things out. It's, it's them versus them. And, um, you know, meanwhile, everybody else is just, you know, no, so even people who feel like they're getting taken care of aren't, you know, so. No, no, I, I completely hear you. The funny thing for me is at this point, I, I feel for me, yeah, after being so like knee deep in it, my perception of something like that isn't, it's, it's more gamesmanship in my mind. Like to Mm -hmm. me, McConnell knew weeks ago that this was going to pass whatever he did. And Mm -hmm. so to him, the only way to look like to him, it's all political, uh, uh, like spending dollars, right? Like he doesn't need to agree with it. Like that's really what it boils down to. There's no reason that they need to really do anything other than make their base happy so they can stay in office. And so for them to look unified, it's all fine because the, the truth is, is there's probably a lot of them who want it to pass, but Mm -hmm. know that, their decision is to look like an outlier and put their career at risk or be with the team and know what's going to pass and right. be happy with the end game, which I hate that because again, there's not a lot of people out there telling the average people who I think there are a lot of people who sort of came online in the last couple of years and got really fucking scared for sure. You know what I mean? Like they, they never like, boomers on the internet. <laughs> yeah. No, I mean, but that's, that's true. When you don't know, like uncharted waters, that's, that's, that can be scary for people, you know? What does this mean? Right. There's a lot of that question. What does this mean? And that, that position of vulnerability, if you turn on Tucker Carlson and he says this and this and this and this, you just sort of go, oh, well, that really explains it. And then it's done. You believe it? It's now in your head. God, some of these people are. I mean, there's no other way to say it. They are fucking crazy. They're nuts. They're nuts. But the, the, the crazier thing to me is that, is that it, and it's not about what I think, you know, it's not that everybody should think what I think, but it's just the things that people latch onto, like there's a total lack of common sense, just self-thought it, it, it all gets lost. And it's, that's the scary part, you know? And, um, well, but here's the thing. And I, I want to, it'll spin this away from sort of it seemingly feels like we're getting a little dark, but the truth is, man, it kind of brings me to a point, two things I want to bring on. And this kind of brings it back to spotlighting you. When I was first talking to Mitch about, uh, you know, you being a part of this, one of those things I was, I, I couldn't stop talking about how I, I relate to a lot of things about you. And we've talked about that before, right? We sort of know how to riff with each other. We kind of get those rhythms. And I really think that you're like something you said a second ago about you listen to one side, you listen to the other side, and you can hear things you agree with on both sides. And look, Brando's the same way, right? He's, this is a, the most liberal guy that's looking forward to his AR-15 that you can possibly imagine. It's funny right? you mentioned that because I just bought a stripped lower receiver today and I got to figure out if I'm going to build it into a rifle or a pistol. <laughs> right. Right. But I mean, I mean but super, you know, so I think it's, it's, uh, it's people like us, maybe not AR-15 whack job over here, but uh, and I get to shoot tomorrow. 
just to a lesser extent slightly. Um, but you know, I have discovered for myself and I want to see if you have experiences like this and I know you do and you can share them with us, but me being in Louisiana and being around a bunch of people who have a view of the world, they are homogenized. They don't have any exposure here. Uh, they, they kind of sample people who come into tourists and then they leave, mm -hmm. but they don't live with many people from outside this area that as weird as it sounds, not a lot of people come from around this country to new Orleans to stay permanently. They come in here for a while and they leave. Right. Mm -hmm. So they probably getting some people, want to commit suicide via heart disease or liver disease. <laughs> some of them really enjoy it though. <laughs> yeah. What a way to go. It's really a good time. It's a good way to do it. Um, but you know, for instance, those guys getting them, giving a chance to have discussions with them. I had a, a, a neighbor who just moved like a couple of weeks ago. I've talked about him before on the show, uh, you know, 93 years old, old school, conservative, old school Cajun. And he was like, I would always refer to him as my, my Wilson little, uh, Tim, the tool man, Taylor reference. Yeah. You know, this is the oh, guy who's literally on my fence line, um, sage like advice. And we would have these long, great political discussions and mm -hmm. we would disagree. But again, he would he got to know me over a few years right he got to relate to somebody he disagreed with and that was kind and we were kind to each other and that was uh did things he respected i'm very flattered for him to have said that like he liked seeing me work on my house he liked seeing me work with my hands he like i guess it to him it felt like a he you know almost like liberals don't have some kind of work ethic right so for him to see me out there doing things he sort of related to, it made me down to earth, I guess. Not sure. not the way he would imagine some aloof, snotty person to be. Respect. And, um, right. And so we had this great uh, relationship the whole time we he was I was his neighbor. And, um, and a lot because I was raised with some of those underpinnings, which it sounds like that's probably true about you too. And we should get into that. But I think people like yourself are out there as that kind of uh, ambassador uh, almost unknowingly and unwillingly right because we're not any we're not too far on one side or the other am i right about that would you say that about yourself i absolutely would you know i mean as as far as i view it you know but i mean that's i guess that's the point right is that um you leave the door open and you know if if you know my dad told me something one time he told me the day you stop learning is the day you become a fucking idiot and if, if you don't keep that door open and listen to somebody, because what, what you're talking about with your neighbor, right? Like, yeah, you don't see the eye, eye to eye on everything, um, but you can sit down and you can have a cordial um, conversation about what it is that you see, what it is you think, and he does the same. And there's a mutual respect that goes back and forth. And that's what we're missing. And um, we're missing I- like rational adults. Exactly. You learn how to accept each other. I think you learn how to accept one another. Well, that and and see, for me, the where I where I try to stay when it comes to things like that, if if I disagree with somebody on something, is that I just I feel like um that I again it you gotta leave yourself open for whatever it is that that person might be telling you because you don't you you, you just, you've got to keep it cordial and you've got to, 
just respect what the other person's saying. But I don't dictate who I hang out with or associate myself with based on uh, politics, religion, gender, race, none of that. It has nothing to do with anything. Like even if we disagree on any of that stuff, it does not dis- dictate who I associate myself with. Because I'm not just sometimes sh- all those things come together and create an Arvig. Ex- <laughs> right. <laughs> <laughs> I won't. I won't disagree with that. But I mean, that's the beauty of it, right? That's the beauty of it. We live in a world now where, where, you know, everybody's individual. Everybody's individual. But I, I, but I prefer the. Right. And I, and I prefer the thought of us all being something much smaller part of something really, really big and awesome and great, you know? So that's a good statement, man. We got to work to good. Got to work together. This exchange has given me an idea for our first merchandise opportunity for brevity box. (laughs) All right. Just simple. Just a brevity box logo and kind of like a campaign poster. Can we just say, don't be a dick 2021. The year of don't be I, I a like dick. it. I like it's, it a lot. Don't be a dick. Because I mean, that's, that's, yeah. that's, that's what it boils down to with Charlie and his sister, for example. <laughs> they were both rational adults. They could have a conversation because they weren't being dicks. Right. Don't be right. a dick. Realize that we all are a small piece that come together to be one giant dick. Yeah, I know. We it sounds all <laughs> the dick. That sounds it like sounds some weird a little hippie-ish. I don't have time to go into right now. <laughs> No, don't don't be a Richard Johnson, right? Oh man, well, of course we can milk that one. Yeah. Well, I tell you what, we're gonna take a break for a second and uh, get a message from our sponsors. But when we come back, I'm gonna hit you up about where some of that uh, sage-like thinking comes from because you did mention something your dad said. But we'll get to that in just a second. Uh, we'll be right back. We know you've been scared watching horror movies by yourself. Well, now you don't have to. Hang out with Ruminations of Red Rum. All things horror, from movies to the latest spooky games we've played. Come hang out. But hurry. The killer's behind you! And we are back to it. A little bit of info about the Ruminations Radio Network. Um, So, Lash, you had mentioned something about your, your dad telling you some wise words did you uh is that where some of that comes from for you were you raised in a very um like political household i know from from my upbringing it was uh definitely a bunch of republicans (laughs) uh no definitely the opposite of a political household um you know actually um my dad was uh he was a recovering alcoholic and uh he didn't my dad was the guy are we who brothers, gave. Bro? What's that? I said, "Are we brothers?" Yeah, I know. <laughs> we probably have more brothers than we'd like to admit, right? But um, right. <laughs> I think uh, uh, my dad was the smartest person I've ever met in my life. But um, he was the guy who gave uh, the best advice and was able to deliver it in a way that was really palatable and, and that you could absorb. But he never followed it himself. He he made just about every wrong decision, and uh, I guess that made him fairly credible in a way, uh, right? He's like, uh, he would say things like, "Don't do drugs because they're bad. Don't do them because they're really, really good," you know. Um, and so, you know, we I, I would say that um, very, very smart guy uh, just made a lot of poor decisions in life. So uh, I've learned a lot. <laughs> 
from that. (laughs) Yeah, right, right, right. So maybe that's why we jive so well together. Well, I mean, look, there's not doesn't sound crazy, right? Like, no, yeah. You learn some of those survival skills, like, uh, you know. I guess I. uh, Where do you feel like was? Where do you feel like you got your wholesomeness from? Like, you think you got that from your dad too? Was it the like humility that came from that, or was he just like? For sure, for sure. Yeah, no, no. It was. uh, There was definitely some humility there, and and I would say I I got it from him. Sure, you know, Um, you know, and then like like most, I make mistakes growing up, and and kind of decided don't do that again. Right. And so, uh, you know, you learn some things the hard way. But he kept way, at but, it. But it sounds well, like he sure, kept at it. For sure. Because, you know, one, one thing that was, that was prevalent in my household, and again, it wasn't always uh, in practice uh, with, with the people teaching me or my father teaching me, my mother's a saint, um, was, Is was she? oh, totally. I mean, she's, she's okay. the most amazing person. Um, yeah, she's incredible. And, uh, you know, and anybody that was going to be married to my dad for 13 years is, is, uh, a strong individual. Uh, (laughs) but, but, but she, you know, there was always, um, you know, a level of respect, uh, for, for other people and and thinking about others before yourself. And, and, uh, I've always kind of grown up to be a people pleaser. So that was kind of my mechanism and the way that I, manipulated situations to, to, you know, make it easier for me. But, but, uh, I would say that's absolutely where it came from. I was going to say, dang, man, what's it like to grow up with normal parents? <laughs> well, that, uh, what I think normal is pretty, pretty, um, subjective. Uh, you know, I think to be fair, actually, it's kind of, it would be kind of more appropriate to say more, more normal than I think we, cause at least for me, right. Yeah. As a kid, I had this thought that we were the weirdest and that, and I almost set in this envy of, you know, the, the kid who I would see as having the perfect family. Right. Right. And I think that as I got older and got to know some of those families and people, and I love them and they're, they're got a lot more going for them than we did, but they certainly weren't what I had thought of. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. They were all had their own problems and, and things that were going on for sure. Um, but, and most of them had some of the same problems, right? They just put on a better show. <laughs> sure. Yeah. Right. Exactly. Yeah, I, mean, I mean, truthfully, uh, to me, that was a lot of what I grew up seeing in, in, uh, Texas. Um, but it sounds if I'm not wrong, cause like I, I'm joking about us being brothers, but I had a very similar circumstance with, with my father and, uh, and my mother, I, I, you know, I wouldn't. I almost feel it would be disrespecting her to call her a saint. I think there are many parts of her that would want to be a saint, but the stories wouldn't be as fun. And it's not true. (laughs) (laughs) She is a swashbuckling survivor, uh, even though she doesn't have the balls to say that about herself. (laughs) Sure. Sure. But, but no, look, I, I I grew up seeing uh, that, that struggle of, of being inexplicably in love with somebody like that. Right, like my that that the sort of uh, stress and and pain and worry that comes with yeah. that you could see on your mother, and so it makes you sensitive to those things, right? And so, Absolutely, like you said, yeah. you became a people pleaser. I, I, you're sort of more you've you're tapped into that mood, like you can read facial expressions and shit in the millisecond. You know when things are going south. You know how to control the air 
You know I think it's saying? why, yeah, I think it's why I, I, I do a lot of impressions and I don't really, I don't really do it to try and impress anybody. I do it because like, I, I, I don't know. I just see things. I see yeah. when somebody gets up there and starts talking a certain way or, you know, there's like the hand gestures or everything. I just pick up on it immediately. And yeah, I've always been well, really, you can really see through it too. Uh, right? I feel like you I've got a pretty good, you know, BS meter or, you know, like, oh, you're, you're that person. <laughs> right? right. And I mean, that's, no, that right. sounds pretty judgy well, or whatever, but yeah. Right. Something that would stink of being inauthentic. Right. That's right? not a like bad you thing. Could yeah. see it. <laughs> no, no. You know, I, I say that, that, that comes, it, it's funny because there are times where I'll pick up on, on scam or somebody who's trying to rip us off. Uh, and I'll, I'll turn to Brooke and go, you know, it's moments like these that I'm thankful for my fucked up, traumatic, abusive childhood. <laughs> Cause it really taught me a few things. Appreciate you know, it. Like, right, right. You gotta be, gotta look at it in some way. That's it's like right. the most sour lemonade you can make. Uh, but it, it, it really does <laughs> help you with that uh, bullshit detection. And it probably explains a lot to the rest of the things that I've, I've known you for a good amount of time lash. And though you have things about yourself that I admire in, in uh, any, any man that I think is a good man. And man, you've, you have never, you always work. Your worth, work ethic is insane. Um, you've never lost your interests in things, which I, I share your hobbies. You haven't let it kill your soul. Whatever stresses that have ever come to you, you've always been a baller, right? And then you, whatever, you're not a baller, you keep hidden away from me, at least. I, I didn't know you that well for a long, yeah. long time. But, <laughs> I, I just but, got it buried deep down, man. No, I, <laughs> I, I appreciate what you're saying. I appreciate no, it. No, yeah. but it's true, man. You got, you've been married for how long now? I've uh, been married for 13 years now. Jeez. Yeah. Yeah. Dude, it's in this era, Great you're catch. a Great unicorn, bro. Yeah. Wait, what's that? Congratulations. I said, you're a unicorn. Yeah, well, um, yeah, no, it's... Uh, God, that that's a whole nother podcast, man. It's a beautiful thing. Uh, it's it's what I'm most proud of. You know, we, the ups and downs, just like anything else, just like anybody yeah. else. And oh, uh, and I, I'm certainly not trying to scratch the surface of all that, but it's something that I uh, I can relate to. And yeah. I know that in times where you and I have had a chance to get closer and talk, I'm very open about my story and stuff. And it's sure. part of why I respect it, man. You you know, you know what you're about. You stuck to it you got those motivations from your family. I kind of get that. It's just cool. It's just a good thing. It's kind of what it's part of where I would say, uh, had you not come on as a host of your own show, I would have still, I still had you on my list of guests for these reasons, you know, well, these yeah. seemingly, uh, they should, maybe they shouldn't be celebrated. I wish we lived in a world where everybody was like that, but they're not. Nah, no, they're not. No, it's, you know it's, it. Yeah, yeah. And and you know when when I was offered to come on and do this, um, you know, Mitch Mitch was talking to me about it. Uh, there was a part of me that like you know I I needed this. I I really needed this. Like, um, I there's things that I'm really really passionate about, and I can't think of a better way to spend my time than to chat with you guys and to bounce things off of you. You know, we were talking earlier about listening to everybody's side and, you know, I can only get better with more information. You know what I mean? And, uh, it's, it's a way for me to cope with a lot of this stuff that I have going on and that we have going on, you know? So 
I, I think it's great, man. And, and, uh, I'm really glad to be doing this with you guys, man. So. Well, let's get, let's get into that for a second. And I'm, I'm going to, sure. before I actually, let's, let's just go for it. So Lash, uh, Lash LaRue, Hi. by the way, your name, it just always makes me think of, uh, like a Buck Rogers character that, and, and not one, like one that doesn't exist, right? It's like the missing character of a great sci-fi epic. Lash <laughs> That's funny. I was going to say spaghetti Western. Uh, even better. Do you guys right? like you guys have to know the story of Lash LaRue. You know the story of Lash LaRue? Nope. Maybe I'm it's queuing funny. you up to tell us the story of Lash LaRue. I think you are. And and Brando is not far off. Um uh at all, actually. So Lash LaRue was a famous cowboy. It was his stage name. Um famous cowboy. And uh he was uh on TV. He did like the the B films. Um, and that was like the fifties. Uh, and he had a partner, uh, fuzzy St. John. And he, he was a cowboy wore all black. He had a horse named black diamond. And, um, yeah, he, I love he, the and, and he wore, and he wore, and he only used, well, he had a pistol, but he always used the whip. So lash LaRue, he always had the whip. And actually, as he got a little older, he was on the set of Indiana Jones and taught Harrison Ford how to use the whip. Um, he was like, oh, wow. Yeah. He was like a legit, that's a great legit dude. Yeah. So, um, you know, my father, his name was Steven LaRue, no relation. Uh, they nicknamed him lash because everybody back then knew who he was. And, uh, I, I get it now. I mean, I'm selling furniture and I get somebody in there that's a little older and they see, they see my shirt and they say, is your name really lash? LaRue? And I say, yeah. Cha-ching. Yeah, and he goes, <laughs> and, and, and he says, this guy last week, he says, man, I, I remember watching Lash LaRue on TV. I'd get on the back of the couch and just start riding it like a horse. And I'm picturing this, like, 90-year-old guy riding his couch, you know. A genuine pony um, by genuine playing the <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So I still get people that uh, know who he is. But, um, yeah, he was, he was really big back then. And actually, there's a reference uh, of him in a Quentin Tarantino film. Um, which is, uh, oh my God. Yes. Pulp Fiction. I'm in Hollywood. Oh, really? no, Pulp, Pulp Fiction. So Harvey Keitel, the wolf, right? He's, he's oh, he uh, does. no, I know what you're talking about. Yeah. There you go. There you go. He's talking to John Travolta and, uh, Samuel Jackson. And he says, I don't, don't do anything unless, unless what? Unless you do it first. Spoken like a true prodigy. How about you, Lash LaRue? You yeah, think you right. can keep your spurs from jingling and jangling? Yeah, that's what he tells him. So. And only Quentin well, Tarantino done. would know nice who the fuck Lash LaRue is. Yeah. No, it's beautiful. I, I mean, I, I just think it's one of those great names, man. Nobody's Thank ever you, man. Forget that name. No one's ever going to forget the name. So, Lash, you are the host of Laruminating Gaming. Mm -hmm. uh, I want you to tell me what the concept is. Like, I mean, how do you feel about that? But before you do that, we're going to rewind. I want you to tell me when gaming came into your life. Back to the beginning. Yeah, so uh when it hit, it was it was uh 1990. I was 8 or 9. Yeah, I was 9, I think. And um, you know, we had a a regular Nintendo and I played some Mario Brothers or whatever, but I was still more interested in playing outside and doing all that stuff. But uh we were walking through Tucson Mall and I looked over through the window with my dad and we saw John Madden football before they started putting a year on it. And uh, 
it had 11 players on one side of the ball, 11 on the other. And we were like, what that's when it started to look like it? football, right? Oh, exactly. Exactly. Right. There was a simulation. Um, I mean, there wasn't really AI or whatever, but you know, they had the simulation and we were just, we just looked at it and went, holy shit. And then, so for the early part of my, my, I mean, that just, it just, we got it for Christmas. It went from there. And, uh, I played a ton of sports games. Um, that's where I spent most of my time. And it wasn't until later that I started getting into more narratively driven games. And that's primarily, I almost played no sports games now. So it's, it's been, that's right. I've tried to get you onto Madden. Yeah. Well, I had an incident with an Xbox when we were trying to do it and, uh, I haven't had one since. So, um, but I'm in the process of trying to buy another one. And it's really funny because <laughs> you have a doppelganger on YouTube that plays competitive Madden. Oh, who's that? I think somebody might have. Who, who, I think, you remember I think he goes by the name Throne. No, I don't. I don't. Somebody told me my doppelganger was kind of like Greg Miller. Um, we looked we look somewhat Throne. Similar. But uh, Throne, I have to look that YouTube up. I don't know who that is. Yeah, it I'll is. Send you a video. All right, sweet. So, <laughs> so Ruminating Gaming. I mean, I think, you know, it's clear going to be about gaming, but what's your, what's your take on it? I mean, you've been gaming now your whole life, carried it through. It's still a hobby as an adult. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. How yeah. You, I, like what, what's your, what, what's your approach here? You know, um, if I'm speaking honestly, I'm still trying to kind of figure it out. I mean, the, the, the idea that I have right now is just uh, somewhere. I mean, I go to work and like, 50% of my conversations start off, hey, what are you playing right now? Right? Right. And, yeah. and then we just get to talking and, and you start, you know, somebody will start saying, oh, I'm playing this game and it's, it's really, really good. It's a platformer and I'm really enjoying it. And they start talking about this and you see the passion come through from what they're talking about. And then immediately I'm like, okay, I'm looking on, you know, PlayStation Network or Xbox store. And I'm like, okay, how is this thing on sale? I want to play it. Like, it's just a lot of dialogue that goes back and forth. And I'm always looking for new stuff to play and, and, and things like that. So I just, I thought it would be really, really cool to just kind of go over things that are happening, current events. Um, you know, if a new game comes out, we're talking about, we're deep diving into that. You know, Brando's actually brought it up a couple of times. The first couple of episodes were a deep dive into one of our favorite video game series of all time. So it's just kind of a hodgepodge of just, just liking video games, you know, and I, don't want to overcomplicate it, but I also want it to just kind of naturally evolve. So it's kind of a tougher question to answer, but I'm just, I'm just kind of figuring it out, but more or less just to get people on there and chit chat and have fun and, and just share the love of gaming. You know what I mean? Because it's, it is, I fucking love it and it's awesome. <laughs> you know? Well, I, I, yeah. what's up, Brenda? What do you think? So I should have a question for you because you mentioned um, going away from sports to the narrative games. Mm-hmm. What was the first narrative game that got you? Oh man, uh, that was Metal Gear. Metal Gear, you know, really? it was. Oh, okay. It just was, and and um, because you know, and we went over this in in the 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 two first two episodes of Ruminating Gaming, but uh, can't overstate it is just the cinematic tones that that game did. Like you didn't see that in games. You just, you never saw that. I mean, games had stories, but you never saw it shot like that. That opening scene of Metal Gear Solid where, you know, under the water and Shadow Moses and coming up and taking all the gear off. And then 
he gets into the elevator and then the title screen hits and you're just like, fuck yeah. You know, um, that just you dip into a snake impression there very slightly for a Colonel, <laughs> <Yeah. a> <laughs> what's a Russian gunship doing here? A hind D. It's really good. It's a good hater. <laughs> oh, well, a hater will tell you if you ever watch his stuff, he's like, it's all in the larynx. You know, it, it comes from here. Smoke yeah. three packs he's, first. Know, right. right, right, right. But uh, it was it was definitely Metal Gear. And then uh, even then, even then, even when I played Metal Gear, um, I just kind of had started introducing some of the narrative stuff in there. And I still played a ton of Madden. I mean, you know, Charlie was there. Um, Charlie was there when I was still playing a lot of Madden. And I make uh, the joke now that he got better than me. So I quit because uh, that's you that's, taught I'm me a lesson, guy. though, man. <laughs> Let, let, let me let me i gotta pause here for a second yeah Lash, this is good shit this is really good shit. La, look let me say something i i i have a lot of confidence in my madden game all right specifically my defense so uh most people focus on their offense and whatnot and i was really big on defense and i came into lashes home ready to play him and uh man this guy knows football so well that when i was just starting to kind of slow down get a little control he hit me with these wide receiver screens that i was just <laughs> unprepared to stop not only unprepared to stop but completely un uh, i had no idea how to stop it for the first two games we play like this and it sent me <laughs> into this obsessive fever pitched pursuit on how to stop the wide receiver screen mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, it was a you, it was a lesson. I got that was man. how long ago was that? That was that was six, 13, seven years ago. 14. Yeah, that yeah. Is Madden and, 14. Or and so. two weeks ago, Charlie tells me, dude, I got the fucking screen figured out. We're good to go. You know what I mean? Yeah, like, he like was, well, yeah. to use it. Like, I, <laughs> yeah, right, right. Like, that's I, what I meant. <laughs> I never used it offensively. I would just never use it. And then just like a year ago, I started using it. The first person that I thought of was Lash. Yeah. Like the first time I pulled one off that came off for like a 60 yard touchdown, I was like, I'm going to have to tell Lash about this. Because yeah, that's like, the thing. Yeah, it's it, they are hard to stop, but I would almost I would almost say they're harder to run. Um, they are. It's, it's they're the hard timing is really, really funky on it. But I mean, hard you know, run. either way, we we've. I think you beat me the last three or four times we played. So, you know, so you, you, you overcame all that. Your friendship, like Charlie and I stopped playing NHL rivals <laughs> because if we kept playing that game, you probably couldn't be my friend anymore. Yeah. If I don't, if I don't have a chance to win or I can't just be like the meat shield on your team, then I'm out, <laughs> you know, like uh, I'm good. You Thanks. know what? <laughs> that happened recently in one of my uh, online franchise Madden leagues is that, I, I went undefeated uh, oh, wow. two seasons in a row, and then oh wow, quit for the most part, <laughs> yeah. They're like, I yeah, mean, it, it was a big Let's league too. Friends. Let's go find a shitty league. <laughs> well, it's just that they didn't, you know, they didn't have they didn't have the desire yeah. to figure it out. I guess <laughs> right, that right. was annoying. Because you but know, that, you know what? In respect to you, Charlie, because that's that uh, that's actually a really good point. Is that is that um, you know when we would play. Uh, you always had such respect for the game. Um, and I'm not talking about Madden. I'm just talking about football. And it yeah, was football. And I wouldn't say it drove you crazy, but you were determined to understand your, I mean, you, you've always been really knowledgeable about football, but you, Thanks, you dissected what it was that I was doing. Right. Cause I was kind of a two or three trick pony and you, you really analyzed it. You figured it out. And then, 
you know, I'm not half as good as, as, as you're making it sound, but, um, <laughs> but I, you know, I think, uh, yeah, kudos to you, man. Kudos to you because you're, yeah, you're, you're a I, student of it. It was really, it, it was fun playing you. I, I like to study. Yeah. yeah. I, I, <laughs> I know you do. I, I like know you do. I like to study sports ball. Um, and you punt yeah, the fucking like ball. The Thank you. When it's fourth down, you punt the fucking ball. You play field oh, position. Man. I'm old school like that. Yeah, you know, I'm, not, that asshole I'm not like that. In a game, once gave me crap about running down the clock before the half and then proceeds to do the exact same thing later on. <laughs> yeah, it's true. Yeah, hey, totally don't did. ever listen. Whenever you're working the clock, don't take shit from anybody. That they just they just don't like it because they can't do nothing about it. <laughs> oh man, Brando, Brando's got the goods on me, man. He's gotten me <laughs> to my worst places as a gamer, as a competitor. See, and I've just exploded at him and he's like just he's basically recording all of it to tell people later. Yeah, I'll send you the voice, the Dark Souls voicemail. All oh, right, the Dark sweet. Souls. We're gonna tell this story. It's gonna be perfect. We're gonna tell this story. Um, so I do give me a second. I'll have you tell it. I want to, I want to take a moment and explain in case there are people listening who just sort of have an association with gaming. That's, uh, you know, they're thinking of something more like a, a lower level than what we're talking about. Obviously everybody, most people know what Madden football is, but they wouldn't know to them. If they've never played it, they wouldn't know there's a lot of, um, moving parts let's say it's deep and there's a lot to it it's a deep game uh so gaming now to give you some idea and i'm going to use a narrative example uh there was a a game produced on uh the playstation called the last of us that has uh two uh there's two parts two different versions part mm. two and the game is a deeply narrative it is it has gotten to a point in storytelling where uh, take something like the eight seasons of Game of Thrones and put the same amount of money in development, uh, al- almost the same quality of writers and mm-hmm. storytellers and uh, voice actors. And that is why gaming is this uh, billion dollar industry as is, uh, if we're going to throw to current events, as people have become aware of that don't game with GameStop's crazy Robin Hood-related upheavals in in uh, <laughs> stock movement. But, you know, gaming is a real thing now to the point where the narratives developed there were so good that now that title, The Last of Us, is being produced for HBO as a series. Yep. And it should be a statement that 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 is them that is hbo seeing the content as being worthy of their uh programming head just as much as uh award-winning shows like six feet under or 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 show award-winning shows like game of thrones so um it's important to put that into perspective because one of the things that i'm excited about for your show lash is you know, we're all talking about gaming and we're men who have careers and families and responsibilities and jobs. And one of the things that I think is missing from gaming is is just a little bit more of a of a representation that it's not for these. It's not like you have to put down your controller once you graduate college it is no, a legitimate yeah. hobby. It's got yep. as much as anybody reading books or watching a handmaid's tale, um, you know, great narratives, great stories. This is just yep. a different way to experience those stories. And 
I really think it's exciting because this is an opportunity for us right now. We're having a conversation about politics. We're having a conversation about family and upbringing, but we're also gamers and we appreciate good narrative, good story. We're adults that are critiquing those things about these games mm-hmm. at this point. Right. Yeah. And, and all the way down to the, to the acting part of it. And, Voice actors win awards all the time, but they're usually for animated series. So, yeah, bringing I, that I, into the context of, yeah. of what you're saying, right, and, and your yeah. show, that's the way I understand it. When, especially you know, in those episodes, which I was lucky enough to be the really underexperienced uh, guest on your show. Ah, man, it the, was awesome the, having you. It was good. The, the the sore thumb sticking out, but um, I still, even as as a person who had played uh, only a few of the metal gear uh, titles. I mean, the thing that made that game was narrative. Right. Well, and, and you know, the, that's the beauty of it though, is that you, you say you were the sore thumb sticking out, but you came out of that. Like I have to play the rest of these games. And that is yeah. the entire point, you know, and you talk about, you know, kind of the, maybe some of the connotations that go with the, the word gamer. Right. I mean, that's that's changing very, very quickly. You alluded to that as well. I mean, this is one of the fastest growing industries, but um, I'm actually looking to do an episode. We're doing the episode um, on Sunday about the uh, Zenimax acquisition. And um, but after that, I'm I'm setting up an episode with my wife and I want to have a conversation about what gaming has meant to us in our relationship because my wife is not a quote unquote gamer, but she plays games and she understands. And I think people will be really, really interested to hear what her take is her from her point of view and, and how it connects to our marriage and where she was on it, where she is now. And um, yeah, I'm, I'm really looking to work through some of that stuff because I think you're right. That's that is cool. Really, really good stuff. No, thank you. I, I'm, I, no, I'm that's so a really, really good idea. Yeah. No, that's a really good idea. Like for, for, I, you know, my wife and I are both very aware that we need our own space mm-hmm. routinely, mm-hmm. not in any negative way, just, you know, oh, I totally I've always said, yeah, yeah I've, I think I've always said that there are three people in a couple, right? There are three, uh, three things that need attention, you, her, and the both of you together, right? That's, that's a really and, good way of looking at it. And so it's like, a, I, I've always, you know, when she wants to. Uh, veg in bed and watch bad TV and do nothing. I don't, <laughs> I don't complain, <laughs> you know, <laughs> I don't complain, but, and there are definitely times where, you know, the, the Madden league um, really is uh, as, as, as weird as it sounds, you know, again, I want to make sure I explain for people that don't know about this. You can basically join other people up to 32 in a virtual season where you go through everything from building stadiums and signing players and going through the draft all the way through the whole thing. And you play every game and that's all you do. You're not, yeah, you're not playing random people. You're actually just, you know, running this virtual franchise and, and, uh, and every now and then you get to play other people. A lot of times you get to play the computer and a lot of it's just an hour of fun at a time. And for us, when we were going through tough times because of an injury to her, serious injury and whatnot, at a time when I was routinely going out for like a $2 Tuesday at Fox and Hound with the guys and having beers and 
watching the game or whatever normal stuff mm-hmm. I, I i'm grateful for the fact that gaming had gotten to a point where that madden franchise league was sort of my bar now because yeah. the people that were in it with me were friends that i had known from high school and friends that were across country and to this day same thing i i've got a friend in minnesota and a friend in arkansas they're both brothers and all three of us are in that same Madden league. And, and it's funny because when we play, we're competitive, but we're also talking about the same kinds of things we're talking about here. Like the, the, the hobby has grown up with us, but I don't think people talk about it that way as much anymore. And now it's starting to, because there's pro gaming, right? Sure. People, once you start making a million bucks or more, you know, as a, <laughs> and, and a, as a and pandemic's help sudden, too. <laughs> yeah right now everybody's like you know you know what's a good hobby yeah i need a fucking Gaming. xbox i can't go anywhere i thought that many times over the last year i yeah. sold my consoles like literally three months before the pandy hit oh shit yep well we'll, we'll get you back on board brando yeah maybe maybe not <laughs> hey so that's all right you lash you've been brought you've had your own gaming youtube sort of set up for a while now i mean when did that get started for you oh man well okay so that was probably about three years ago four years ago um and that was i just i would watch so much content and i'm just like god what these people do is like awesome it's awesome and then when you start teaching yourself about it and you start i'm watching youtube videos about how to youtube right um Right. You start learning about it and you're like, wow, this is more involved than, but you start learning things, right? And then, okay, I'm going to make a banner for the YouTube channel. I spent an entire day making a banner uh, and it was it, just the creative process. It's so, so cool. Um, you know, I'm kind of off and on on the YouTube, you know, uh, channel, but um, life happens or whatever. But yeah, that, that I started that about three or four years ago and um, I started uploading videos of my son and I. Uh, playing stuff and and I just thought that I, I for me initially I just kind of wanted it to be stuff that um, myself or my wife or children could go back and watch and and just kind of remember that stuff man if I had a video if I could watch a video of my dad getting pissed off and slamming the controller playing Madden 92 I mean <laughs> I'd be a I'd be a pig and shit you know what I mean like so I just I really wanted to I really wanted to catalog all that stuff and and uh, yeah, and now it's just yeah. I've got, I got some stuff up there. I just did a Last of Us playthrough. I mean, you were talking about Last of Us. It's my favorite series of all time. I just did a playthrough of The Last of Us, um, and that's uploaded there. And um, how would you describe your experience with that? So we can add some plug in here for people who are uh, maybe have no experience gaming and they they kind of just barely know that it's coming to HBO. If you were telling people, uh, you know what to look forward to in a in you know no spoilers of course sure for this experience they're about to go through based on you playing through both of the games i mean set us up here like i don't know anything about the game tell me about you it. know it's um i think the best way to describe it is that it is a it's a it's a story about loss losing yourself um putting walls up uh, not opening yourself up to being hurt again, and then running into scenarios or individuals that start to unlock some of those doors and um, the prices you pay uh, for letting people in. And 
it is all about the relationships in in this series, and I cannot overstate how well the characters are developed, how well they're written, how well it's acted out. Um, and not only that, but that to me, that right there is enough. Like I'm in. Uh, but then you have an apocalypse, <laughs> um, a fungus. <laughs> Right. That (laughs) carried over to the human race and wiped out 80% of everybody. And, um, you have not, not zombies, but, um, the infected, right. Um, which is a real fungus. It is a real fungus. Yes. There was a national geographic, uh, special on it that Neil Druckmann, the uh, writer and director, I, I, it is absolutely my favorite. I swear to God, you better stop me at some point because this is not going to end. So just make, you know, but step surreal to play through during a pandemic. I mean, was it just, so, you know what, what my wife, we just, we played through the second one uh, when that released and I played it a second time immediately. And um, she was like, man, it's just, it's hard to play during a pandemic. Mm-hmm. But what happens is, is she'll see something. Cause I cover, I, I mean, I watch everything about it. Um, and, uh, she, she'll see a scene and just go, Oh my God, that was just so, so good. So now she's waiting for a PS5 remaster. Um, well, well, let me jump in here for a moment. There's a couple of things that I find really impressive about you. Uh, the fact that you can play that game as a parent. (laughs) Uh, I think I, yeah, no, I, 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 I know exactly what you're saying. But Explain that, that is, statement, though, so for the audience, because yeah, I think, please, please, yeah, because I, mean, like, I the, will, the, the the thing we know it takes place in this uh, sort of apocalyptic time. There's the infected, but it's really dy- dystopic, mm-hmm. and and the the setup is uh, of which characters, so that they understand what you mean by courage for playing as a parent, because that game really goes places when it comes to parenthood and loss. This might seem a little extreme, but kind of kind of bear with me here. Sure. Uh, this game, I feel the same way about The Last of Us that I feel about Schindler's List. Mm-hmm. It's a great piece of art. Yeah, I'm going to use art to talk about a video game here. That's that's rare. But it's a great piece of art that affected me emotionally so much that I never want to play it or watch it again. Once was enough. That game and is I, heavy. That game I goes completely places. agree with that. I completely agree with that. What I would say for me, anyways, is that I and I don't know if it's more than than what you would call usual or normal, but I find a lot of beauty in loss, in vulnerability, and um, not taking things for granted. Because this is a game and eventually a show that the world is not forgiving. That it's some 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 um, narratives or, or or media, you know, medias will. They put the characters front, you know, front and center, and it feels like that throughout the game. But you're always quickly reminded that this world is is very, very unforgiving, and um, you're it'll it'll always remind you where you're at. So I, I totally respect what you're saying, and I would never ever, you know, sit here and tell you, oh no, man, you know, you gotta you gotta try and play that again. I think that's the beauty of that game is that it is it impacts everybody differently and um i i just i see so much beauty in the grimness of what it is and it's i don't know i just can't overstate it enough it's well, two, two, two masterpieces one, 
two things. One, I got a book that'll, you know, change your mind about that. Uh, so <laughs> I didn't want to give any, I didn't want to give any specifics because now that Charlie's borrowing a PS4 from a, a relative, I want sure. him to play. Wait, 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 wait. You haven't played him, Charlie? I only played through the very early part of the first one. Oh, well, it's so been you, a, oh okay. So you saw the it's thing. It's been a going. pleasure being on. Yeah. Uh, I have to get going okay. now. No, I'm yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> I, I had an Xbox. What can no, I tell you? No, I, I hate wanted it. an Xbox. I couldn't be more excited for you. But look, let me let me put I, this I really want to are... sit down and read some Cormac McCarthy now and tell me what joy he gets out of like Blood Meridian or the Road. <laughs> But no, no, okay, but you, uh, Brando, and again, without spoilers, you played The Last of Us, right? The first one, the first one to completion, yes. Okay, and there are moments in that game, though, that... Oh, absolutely, absolutely. Okay, okay, that's, that's, there, I, I words don't do it justice, you know, and I, I would say that's another thing about The Last of Us in this game, is that, you know, games, they use so many things to try and explain something to you, and I think that one thing The Last of Us really, really nails is that it's telling you so much without using dialogue you you there's so much to break down you ever have to like walk off a movie when you're done just to process everything oh absolutely oh, sure. yeah, yeah I, absolutely only, only two games have made me do that the last of us and bioshock infinite oh Bioshock oh, Infinite was yeah. great oh, yeah but so it's i'm glad you mentioned another title because i want to point out that the the last of us is um uh one of a collection but certainly not the common standards no, for not at all. M- most games these are outliers and there are other outliers bioshock infinite another incredible narrative very creative if anything i think that what you can see is in movies and television they're taking from games because the gaming uh, arena is where the original stories are for the most part mm-hmm. right now in my opinion or at least a, a good amount of original storytelling and i think that the magic trick that they pull when they're a deep narrative like uh let's say a red dead redemption 2 mm-hmm. uh, a bioshock infinite a a uh, last of us those games always, i always think of the never-ending story that oh yeah that that the, the big reveal that he's in the story that he's part of the story the story knows it's him it recognizes him and he is in this moment of disbelief they have the ability and i think it's what makes great narratives in gaming stand apart right it's that there's this real experience that goes through having to play through the struggles and and the story and the strife of this character or characters and when it's something that's very real and, and very much a believable thing in front of you, I know that we're saying apocalypse and whatnot, but it's, it's very grounded in reality. Mm-hmm. It can really put you in these emotional places that you would go to as a movie, but as a movie, you know you're third person. When you're playing through it as that character and you're seeing that story, there's a shared experience there that... uh I really think is I'm excited to have someone who appreciates it talking about it. You, you hit, know what I mean? Like yeah. being so good right there. It's the exact reason why I'll watch a horror movie, but I fucking hate horror games. <laughs> right. It's a great example. Right. right. Yeah. Right. Right. You're like, I'll watch them go <laughs> down the hallway, but I ain't fucking going down there. <laughs> right. Yeah. Right. 100%. And, and, and you know, I, I think 
too, to kind of piggyback off of what you're saying, uh, Charlie, is that, you know, I've been playing games. I mean, and let me make one thing clear too, is that I, I, I can't just sit there and play the last of us and nothing else. Okay. Like that would, right. no, 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 that no. Would, you know, like there's, you know, my wife makes me watch the conjuring. I got to catch like a care bears episode before I go to sleep. You know what I mean? Yeah, I got to cleanse the palate. Right. right? <laughs> but, um, you know, but what I would say is that having gotten, gotten into, um, the narrative gaming, you know, roughly a little over a decade ago, um, I would say, there's a lot of fan service out there, you know, and I, it's not a bad thing. It's not a bad thing. I mean, I, I love it when the hero comes in and saves the day and all this and that, but when a game just grabs me by whatever body part you want to use and says, shut up, sit down, this is what's going to happen. And you're either really, really going to like it or you're going to fucking hate it. I am all in on that. And that is, one of the best ways that I can describe like having played the last of us and what I get from that. Um, cause it's, it, it, it can be very divisive, you know? Um, but well, I, I just, I like it. Like, I like that. Yeah. It's mixing it up. Like you said, like film, you know, I do like that. And I, I hope that these kinds of things and shows like yours are an influence for development for the people that grew up with gaming and, and not just always looking at it as a you know something for that 13 to 25 group right you know i think there's a lot of i mean most of the guys that i was in in the that i'm in the madden football league are are 40 ish and mm -hmm. uh take their contract negotiations very seriously <laughs> <laughs> may i just say uh, may I just say, I I am very carefully attentive to the price of French fries in my stadium, and you think I'm making a joke there, but that's no, the truth. No, uh, that's I, I've I've played that's hundred percent the truth. I've but I mean, and then to be to another to your point, I mean, it's it's so gratifying to me because I'm a big lover of film and and television and and really good writing. I think I want to think and I want to be challenged and I want to be um, surprised that somebody takes the writing to a place that that is going to disappoint you but you'll respect it because you want i mean intuitively you want the good guy to win and you want the story to work out sure and when it doesn't and it's tragic and they do it and they don't give you the option to avoid it if it's done right you're impressed sure you know and, and you're yeah. left you know and i i mean i i don't want to spoil red dead redemption too but it's been a few years yeah okay <laughs> like you know they're that's a great example. It takes place in the old West and early yep. on during a mundane moment that you would mm -hmm. never think of again. It impacts the story way later in the game when you find out that you're ill and yeah. it just, it changes the narrative and the narrative is about, you know, the, the, the death of the cowboy as yeah, a thing. Exactly. And it, and it was so beautifully well done and it reminded me of, um, kind of funny we're going to go back to spaghetti westerns there was a, yeah. a spaghetti western called uh my name is nobody and this italian guy who was completely dubbed over with a with different person's voice but he was known for these crazy movies but he had one movie with peter fonda and that's my name is nobody and peter fonda is the legend of the cowboy and and sort of the end of that era and I mean, wow. I, I think a lot of 
those storylines, those Louis L'Amour uh, books that have a, a rich character development, all those are put into these games now. And um, it's part of what I'm excited about, Lash. I think you're a good ambassador for uh, gaming as an intellectual adult with, uh, you know, uh, responsibilities in a family. I'm glad your voice is out there for it because well, I think it's you, necessary. Man. Yeah. And like I don't, and, and just to be clear, I don't want to force it, you know, Oh, you have to play the last of us. No, you don't. I'm just asking that everybody try it, you know, or, uh, and if somebody tells me, Hey, you know what? I, I'm not really into JRPGs, but if somebody comes up to me and says, man, you have got to try this fucking game. I'm going to try it. And that's all that I, I just want to spread the word, get gaming out there, have some fucking fun. And like what you like, you know, that's the good stuff. It speaks to your nature, man. I'm, I'm, I think we're lucky to have you. And I, I think it's going to be a, a pretty great show. I've got my, uh, my secret ambition for you is to get so popular and big that <laughs> we can create a bespoke gaming merch brand that is known as LaRue Gaming. Like, oh, that, like I, we're I'm talking down. like hard leather controller like uh <laughs> in, instead of plastic Pre premium right? premium yeah like like I got sticks that were designed for your thumbs <laughs> you know what i mean like uh we're going to talk about all the everything is going to be much more you know high yeah. high level quaff you know for the discerning gamer <laughs> yeah well and we're definitely you know using brando's voice that's a fucking that's a shoe <laughs> When I crack open a bottle of Basil Hayden, <laughs> I'm sure that I enjoy it while appreciating the deep quality of my favorite game. <laughs> right? And it's like LaRue right. Gaming. I'm telling you, if you sell you could sell me a bespoke hard leather controller shell <laughs> and get rid of my plastic one. Are you kidding me? I'm hundred percent. I'm down. I'm down. And I, you know, you know, I can, I can, I can be involved with all the uh, R and D. You know, that'd be that'd be a lot of fun. How great would it be if, like, in in five years, the hottest rap star who I don't know, I'm sure his name will have Lil in it somewhere. <laughs> so Lil Gamer yeah. is like just sporting nothing but Larue shit. Yeah, and it's just right. dapper, dapper, dapper shit. Right? It's just super dapper. I just thought of a game I, we're gonna play in the future, Charlie. I'm going to read a name and you're going to tell me if it's a rapper or a gamer tag. <laughs> there you go. That's, there you go. that's, that's a really good that's one. That's legit. All right, Brando. I think, uh, I think I've, I've, I avoided you telling the story and I'm ready to be <laughs> shamed. And I think it's a good way to kind of start edging our way and wrapping it up. So the suspense is uh, killing I'm, me. I'm going to set the table here. I want to set the table and then I'm going to shut up because I think, um, I think Brandon's going to do a better job. So, Lash, I, 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 this is when I had not been introduced to Dark Souls. Mm. And it was when the first one came out. Nobody knew what the hell, you know? Yeah. So, but for the those first of, Dark Souls, again, right? yes. Yes. Okay. Demon Souls. So, Dark Souls. Demon, yeah, right. Gotcha. right. Gotcha. Dark Souls. Not. So, for those who don't, again, if you're new to gaming, um, if there were a game that actually has street cred, Dark Souls or a game that's created by the uh company that created Dark Souls, which is called From F R O M Software. So if it is from from, it is a ruthless, excruciating, <laughs> addictive 
very beat. difficult game. And if you tell somebody you have beaten a Dark Souls or mm-hmm. all of the Dark Souls, even if those people have never played it, they understand. Dude. And this is a oh, yeah, that dude's legit. They know that dude's got some skills. And so basically, this is um think of a a gothic medieval nightmare, and that's basically a good way to explain what you're you're playing through. And a uh, lot of lot of scary, lot of a lot of haunting images, a lot of uh, feeling like you're constantly under attack. And uh, it is a stressful, stressful game. So I didn't know any of this. Brando knew more of this <laughs> than, more than I did. Halfway through the game at this point. Come on. <laughs> so I, I think I'm doing really well. And um, I'm getting to a point in the game where I don't really know where to go. The game splits. And I. Uh, okay. Here's what's going to happen. I, I'm going to stop. I'm going to set him up. I'm about to be done. I'm about to be done. Over. <laughs> I only asked you for advice. Okay, go. So basically what happens is at this point in the game, it, it's pretty linear, but it splits off. So you can go to four different places, four different levels or areas to do your thing before you go fight the end boss. So I, you know, chose one of these, one of the first ones I found and I told Charlie, cause he was about the same point, you know, where it is, this is what I'm doing. I may even have warned him, this area sucks, but good luck. <laughs> so, and again, this was the same area I went to. I got, you're, you're totally fabricating a little bit, but I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to correct you in a second. Go ahead. Go ahead. And, a little more, a little more. One little day, I, I get off work, and this is waiting for, me, waiting for me on my phone. You don't have to worry about me calling you for any more advice on that game, dude. Because you just, I know you sent me that place just to get me frustrated so that I would call you. So here's my phone call. I fucking hate the game now. Thank you. <laughs> I mean, seriously. It's, it's a bullshit. I don't even know why you do that to me, bro. Why'd you do <laughs> it, Brandon? I would expect it, and you did it to me anyway. And you did bro, it. I don't know, man. Exactly. And you're still doing it. it. God damn it. <laughs> Look, it's not my fault. You were too much of a sissy to take on the Duke's archives, okay? Uh, so, <laughs> hey, I let me tell on. let me tell the missing gap of this story, right? So, there is a one of the directions is this huge long hallway, and at the very end of it is this giant beast that just charges at you and you've got no no choice but you're just going to die. You're going to die. Oh, I And so, come on. So, Brando tells me you can go any of these places, but I'd go that way. <laughs> and I go, okay. you know what? And, You're right. You are correct. Because I was going through there and I was having pretty decent success. And so he goes, I'd go that way. And that's where he leaves it. And he knows that I'm like a, a hoarder when it comes to the getting, you know, in this game, when you kill something, you get souls. And so I was, I had thousands and thousands of souls and I was saving up and saving up. And so, of course, I'm like, oh, Brando said to go down that way. So I go down that way. I see this giant beast thing start to rear up and run at me. And I start trying to run away. I know instantly there's no chance of me running away. And guess what happens? I die. And when you die, your souls stay where you die and you have to go back and get them. And guess what's hard to do? For those of you that don't know in this game, souls are your your currency, your level, your currency, your everything. Yeah. And if you so go back to get those souls, that. if you go back to get those souls and don't make it, they're gone. They're gone forever. Yep, exactly. They, like, you can't get so, them back. 
Brando trapped me in a time loop like fucking Doctor Strange. I did, and I I kept going back and and getting killed and getting killed and getting killed. And and this is where this is the thing. It's a perfect joke for Brando and I because as many times as it's happened, the way it always works is Brando will set me up, and most nine out of ten people would just quit out of frustration, and I'll keep going back at it thinking that when I get good enough, he'll be like, that's impressive, but it's not whatever happens. Right. I get good enough. And he's like, Oh, it's boring. I don't like it anymore. <laughs> and he just moves on. There's actually like, it's never there's, enough. There's actually another, uh, a follow up to the story. <laughs> I, years later, yeah. dark souls two comes out and this is back when Charlie and I were roommates. That's we right. Both, we both get it on launch day. We're playing through it. We're, we're, we're getting through it at a fairly similar clip. So one night I'm just, you know, in my room playing through it i get to a point where <laughs> where i open a chest and it's a it's a mimic it's a monster that eats you one hit dead you're done you it looks like a chest like oh a and then the fucking arms come out that and you then open the up and, and you're shit. supposed to yeah. get a prize right you open up you're supposed to get a, <laughs> a new <laughs> weapon or or a couple of potions or something but these okay. things will immediately sprout out these giant arms and teeth and they yep. eat you right there and you die now okay you be quiet this is my this is my time i'm the captain okay. now <laughs> you're right <laughs> so in this area the mimic was right after a bond like a save point basically like maybe a 20 second walk if even that so at this point you know once that thing ate me okay i'm i'm done for the night time to go to bed so, you know, I walk out to the living room to go to the kitchen to get something to drink, and he's in the exact same area, and I see him save at that exact bonfire. Hey, Charlie, there's a chest over there with a really good item. You got to check that out. <laughs> <laughs> he's like, well, now you know, dude. He's going to take you down with him. Go ahead. And I only, That's the thing, I only, I always fall for it. I only, always. I only did it because he had just saved. It was harmless, and misery loves company. Yeah, right. That's exactly right. Those are two really good reasons. <laughs> so pissed. <laughs> this is this is why this is why we're friends okay man. but did you, you do what i up. did uh as soon as that happens the first time every chest you come across after that you fucking hammer it before you try oh, to open it yeah like a you know, swipe it at the everything. fucking chest once you figure out the difference in how the uh the chest looks you can figure out which ones are mimics and which aren't. no see i don't have that kind of attention look, I, I actually I'm, last, I'm glad you're here because you can back me up on this and he'll believe me yeah charlie there are no invisible doors or mimics in Bloodborne. There are not. Nope. 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 Uh well, there's uh, an invisible door in a chalice dungeon, I think, in that. I was just gonna say there's one in a chalice chalice dungeon. Yep, there's one, but not not in the main game. Yeah, right, which, 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 you look, can believe me. Highly recommend on, on all these lists. I think uh we're gonna say if you can or if you haven't, you should definitely play uh Last of Us, uh Bioshock Infinite. Um Red Dead Redemption 2 is spectacular story. It's amazing, yeah. Uh, even if you just, and this is why people watch others play games, and kind of to what you were saying before about uh, having a YouTube channel. You know, I, I, I get it. You know, I, those are great stories, and a lot of times people don't have the skill set to play through to get the rest of the story. And so they they don't get there, and they, and they don't necessarily have an interest. So... Uh, playing through and being able to watch the stories is rewarding. It's, it's fun. And, uh, and those stories are good stories and they're, they're being made into television shows for a reason. Yeah. Um, 
Lash, your show's already good. And I enjoyed, I listened to the first two parts, first two episodes. I, I'm, I mean, we're lucky to have you on the team. We're glad you're here. It's, it's exciting. I, I really think you're going to put a lot towards sophisticating uh, gaming and, and talking about it from the perspective of an adult. And I'm, I'm a, I appreciate it, man. I'm a lover. No, I, and I appreciate it, man. And, and, you know, having you guys on and I mean, you know, it's, it's, it's a thing that we can all get around and, and have a lot of fun with, you know what I mean? And so uh, I'm really looking forward. And actually um, you were talking about the game recommendations and, and some people being able to not having the skill set and that kind of thing. One of the recommendation uh, before we move on is, you know, if, if you don't have that skill set and you really want to play something with an awesome story, check out um, what remains of Edith Finch. Okay, here we go. If you want to play a game, that is not difficult to play and you want that really, really good narrative. Um, what remains of Edith Finch? Absolutely fantastic game. It'll take you maybe five or six hours. Kyle, a uh, host of rumination, red rum. He just, he just played it uh, recently and gave it a really good um, word on, on, on the discord there. And that, that is a fantastic game. So, you know, if you don't want something that's going to take 60 hours, check that one out. Highly recommend it. And if you want a game that'll punch you in the dick, may I recommend Darkest Dungeon? Oh, I don't know that one. I don't haven't even heard of that one, man. You got me. I'm not gonna lie; I could use a good dick punching. You know, it's uh, (laughs) I'm overdue. Okay, okay. Think about it this way: 2D cell art, gothic horror, sort of quasi turn-based Dark Souls. Yes, yes, you had me. Actually, before we before we kind of go on, and honestly. I'm I'm totally happy to talk for another two hours and to cut this bitch into two parts. So you just gotta <laughs> let me know. Um, but no, but but Brando, you know, we we covered something earlier where we were asking him when his first narrative game or when his first gaming experience sort of took off. I thought that was really interesting, and I didn't I didn't ask you that. I wanted to put that question on us. Like, when was your first narrative that you can remember that sticks with you now that really was the first video game you played with a storyline that surprised you and was good. The secret of monkey Island. It's a great pull. Right and on. that got me hooked into the old LucasArts point and click adventure games. I haven't tried this with like the re I think I can play the, uh, the remastered version on steam through on my MacBook. But several years ago, cause I still have the original CD ROM for that game. Still have it. I plugged it into a computer tower that i had jumped in and i was able to still beat it in one sitting with no help on the puzzles played it that many times and that i mean it was an okay narrative a guy wanted to become a pirate but it was it was witty and funny as well that's what really right yeah fun with it that's great yeah so I, i was thinking about that when you were talking about it earlier mine was i don't know if you guys remember this but there were, uh, it was a game called Out of This World. Yep. I actually have it on my iPad. Yeah. Out of This World. And then it's, it's a sequel flashback. Those two games were, were, you know, side scrolling type 2D games. They had sort of a, a motion capture sort of feel to them. But that storyline of, uh, was, you know, this is probably the first time I really paid attention to a, a, a narrative that was um, that well developed. I think the only narratives I've been exposed to before that were more like, you know, like JRPGs, like Shining Force and things like that. And that was mm-hmm. a unique narrative because it was 
it was pretty much just they showed it. They didn't tell it for the lack of a better way to say it. Yeah. The cutscenes were yeah. very rudimentary. There was no spoken or text spoken word or text or anything, if I recall. It was subtitles. Okay, yeah. Yeah. But yeah. Good, good That's game. awesome. That's awesome. I'm gonna Monkey Island. Who who did that? That was Ron no, Gilbert and the double fine dude. Double fine Schaefer? No. That's, it was Gilbert um, and Schaefer, yeah. Oh, it was Schaefer. Okay, gotcha, gotcha. That's right on. Right on. And the other one was out of this world. Yeah, that was the one I remembered. Uh that that's the first time I think I really sort of was was you know because i was in the movies as a kid like i sure. loved movies uh as a little boy growing up love movies uh television too but less so i really love i already had an addiction to storytelling and and it's a big thing in in new orleans everybody's a storyteller here um so it just seems like uh i think that's the first game where i knew i wanted more of it right i played through yeah. the story and it was so satisfying and curious and interesting that i started looking for that in any game that i played so even if it were a different type of game i was still wanting that that rich character development things i loved about movies and cinema you know and and uh liked seeing it from a gaming perspective it got me hooked That's it got me hooked awesome. good. i'm gonna try i'm trying both i'll try them both you well, should last- you should totally buy darkest dungeon Stream it for my amusement <laughs> and let us watch you play through it. Yeah, yeah, Just right. Like you guys are enjoying my suffering and bloodborne. You guys want to watch me get punched in the dick. All right, fair enough. I think it's I charged for that. I'm not yeah. sure. It's been a bit. I mean, just start an OnlyFans and we'll do it for real. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> I was like, well, this is all leading, Charlie. Yeah, this is all my secret plan. This is this, this is the end game. Plan. This is the end game. And probably a good place to kind of stop it at that point. I think. You didn't have to do all this. I'm easy, you know. So. Yeah, we could have just started up. Want to be on OnlyFans yeah, here? Right. It's a five-minute podcast. <laughs> That's right. Now, Lash, hey, thank you for taking the time to guest on the show and and look for sharing with us kind of some of that inspiration, man. I'm 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 really excited to have you here with us. It's it's awesome, and I already I already love. I've already subscribed to the show, and everybody should thank probably you. take the opportunity to listen to it, man. I think you're going to have a lot of good content coming up. Please do give it a shot, you know, and, and uh, thank you very much for having me on. Um, you know, you guys, I, I love talking games with you. I'll talk anything with you, you know, and, um, you know, and Charlie, shout out to you too, man. Uh, just real quick before we head out, because, you know, uh, you know, we, we, we have these dialogues, we talk and stuff like this. Um, and I, how, how did you say it earlier? We kind of, we mesh pretty well, right? We riff, we riff, we riff. there we go. Well, we yeah. riff. And, uh, um, you know, a couple of years back, we were, we were at Mike's house, man. And I was dealing with a lot of anxiety. You remember that? Yeah. Yeah. Well, we sat down, man, and we talked about it and you, you offered a lot of perspective on it. And, uh, you know, I, you've got a really good outlook on things. Um, oh, I, I really like your, uh, your demeanor. You're, you're a person who wants to do really, really good things. Brando, man, you've been fucking awesome ever since I could, I've met you, you know, and, and, um, that's how you know, I do if it. And if you know, subscribe to Brevity Box. Check these guys out too. You guys, you guys are fantastic. You help me out a lot, is what I'm trying to say. Oh. And um, and uh, I really appreciate it, man. And it's my pleasure to be on and talking with you guys. So, well, look, Mitch, Mitch has got a good ear for talent, man. I think he 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 approached the right person. I really, it's, it's a 
I'll start sounding like a big uh, ass kisser here soon if you let me talk enough. Um, but yeah, exactly. <laughs> Pucker up. Well, Pucker you get one up. cheek, I'll get the other. <laughs> no, man, it's cool. It's just cool to have people you respect and 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 especially when it's a voice about something that you care about. You know, gaming is a yeah. is a hobby for me, and I think it's a hobby for a lot of people. And uh, I really like the idea of there being a. A, a you know a bona fide fucking adult that's talking about it and and handles his real life shit like a man or just like a boss i don't want to be pejorative here so nobody uh i you don't have an email to send me your complaints to yet anyway <laughs> so yeah. well you're just you're just referring to me as a man but i understand exactly yes. what you mean <laughs> right no but i mean truly truly so I, yeah. I like that 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 voice is out there man and i i really Thank you I'm excited for that as a gamer and as a fan. Um, and I hope everybody checks out the show. We really, I've enjoyed this. And look, if you're not opposed, man, we have a lot more to talk about. There's a lot more story there about you and your, your, your time working in games and all that. But I really just wanted to kind of uh, chit chat. I think people get a feel for you as a person and the kind of host you're going to be just through us uh, BSing and having a good time. and. But if you're willing to come back, man, let's let's scratch the surface and talk about some other random shit. I think you're going to have a lot of good input. Okay, hey, man. Yeah, you couldn't get rid of me if you wanted to. So I'm in. Nice. Nice. Yeah. Brando, you want to you got any last words here before I kick it off? No, man, I'm I'm pretty good. We're grateful to have Lash here and uh, definitely check out his podcast. It's great stuff. Thank you. Yeah, guys. I 100 percent agree. Hopefully man, we're going to get you guys back on. Too. Hopefully yeah, we're. We got I was going to say, hopefully in the near future, since none of us work for video game retailers anymore, we could have a episode about horror stories from that place. <laughs> oh, there we go. Oh, yeah. That's uh, yeah, a good show. Absolutely. Yeah. No, absolutely. Actually, yeah. that's, a, that's a really good show. That's a really good. That should be part two. <laughs> and then you get to learn we get all get on is, here. Is, a, is a boss. Me, yeah. we, can, we can all get on here. Mitch, Mike. Yeah, all of us and have my, our moment. My eye That's is twitching right now. <laughs> Let's be honest. Right. Get real dark, real fast, and never see the light of day. It's yeah. okay. Breathe, breathe. Yeah. Oh, all right. Yeah, I I'll was get thinking of. Uh... I'm feeling well, some anxiety here, Charlie. Yeah, well, we'll, we'll let's take our breaths. Let's go away yeah, and do our uh, preferred medicinal experience here. Um, but yeah, Lash, thanks again, man. I'm I'm gonna. Thank you guys. I can't thank you enough. This is a fun episode and. And a really good way to get back in the swing of things for us here at Brevity Box. Um, Brando, thanks again. Always love the onesie. I uh, appreciate you keeping me keeping it real and putting me in my place with those saved recordings from 20 years ago. Thank you. Thank you for like that. 10. Shut up. Yeah, I know. I'm exaggerating. Okay. Well, listen, everybody, thank you for tuning in again. Thanks for uh, uh, listening. If you like what you're hearing, remember that. There's a lot more to find um, where we come from, right? Uh, Ruminations Radio Network. You can check us out at ruminationsradionetwork.com. If you like horror, if you like uh, retro-futurist culture, if you don't know what retro-futurist culture is, believe me, you probably like a lot. And we can show you. But there's more to it than you probably are aware of. And if you are aware of it, then you're excited to know there's a show out there for you. Hoptimus is an incredible host. We've got ruminations from the red room with your host, Mitch, who is uh, the high table for us here and probably one of the warmest voices on the entire network. We've got ruminations of red rum, which is really just an autopsy of really fun and great horror movies from a really 
easy to listen to a knowledgeable lover of all things horror in Kyle. And now we have our boy here, Lash LaRue. I mean, could you ask for more? Laruminating Gaming is going to bring a lot of awareness and exciting content, just 100% about the love and adoration of playing through your favorite games. And I'm looking forward to listening to what he's got coming. Um, be sure to like and subscribe. Check us out. And we'll see you next time. We really appreciate, appreciate you listening to Brevity Box. Thanks again. See you next time, guys. You've been listening to the Brevity Box, brought to you by Ruminations Radio Network. If you like this cast or want to find some other great topics, join me, Optimist, on the Retro Futurist Culture Podcast for great discussions on all things retro future. Check it out at ruminationsradionetwork.com.